Hello and welcome to the Mix, Sizzle and Shake Your Business broadcast podcast. I'm Sue Ann with Right Mix for Business and I welcome you back to the show. I haven't been recording for a couple months because, well, sometimes life happens and it kicks you in the can. It maybe makes you pause. I, I think I lost my voice even. I didn't feel like speaking. I couldn't. And that's not very good for a podcast. But I'm back. And I like podcasting for a bunch of reasons. And so I plan to get back on track, produce a regular show, and keep talking to you about all things business and content. I think sometimes regrouping is something that people need to do. And I have to admit, it's a foreign thing to me. I've never had to regroup. I always know what I'm doing, where I'm going, what I'm supposed to be doing, and have a plan, and I'm busy, and I don't, I don't feel confused, or I don't feel like I don't have a voice, and suddenly I felt that way. Um, but hopefully, at this time of the year, at the end of you know, the second quarter, um, as we approach the end of the the half year point, I guess I should say. It's not a bad time to review your work completed to date. Um, And in your case, I mean probably your 2018 work. In my case, I think my hesitation and my loss of my voice had a lot to do with reviewing my work for a lifetime Um, and feeling a little bit confused and at a crossroads, which again is not me. It's not something I'm used to. But I don't think it's bad to go back and regroup. I think that sometimes maybe we humans need to do that. And although I don't usually take time to do so, I guess I've done that a little bit in the past month or so. Um, But I want to say that I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to have you listen. I hope you will keep doing so. And I do have a special announcement I can't wait to make. It's a super duper special announcement and it's going to make the show even better than ever and bring you one more key component that will wrap up everything that we need to make business awesome. So I hope that while I've been regrouping and trying to refine my voice, um, that you've also taken the time to work on all the important things for your business that I've been covering with you on the podcast so far this year. I think that now is a good time to identify any gaps between what you've completed and your ongoing to-do list. And then try to prioritize by what's most important to you. Sort them by project size and then create a checklist for the quickies and the quick quick completes that you can get to do to get up to date a little bit more. And then as always, make an action plan breaking down biggest projects into steps or lists with materials needed and completion deadlines. And then you can regroup and start again. And my coming back to you on the show is in a way me starting again. But the good news is, although I lost my voice, I didn't lose my drive to learn and to study and to experiment and to gather materials and information. So I have just so much more to tell you about, talk to you about, share with you and help you with as we go forward with the Mix, Sizzle and Shake broadcast 
podcast. And I hope that you will be continuing to mix, sizzle, and shake your business right along with me. So let's get back to where we left off when I last uh, had an episode. And we were talking about all those important things again that I've been covering. But there is a lot, wouldn't you say? Because, you see, business encompasses a wider skill set than most people often realize, and particularly so when you're starting out. As an owner, there's an awful lot of things to think about, to take care of, and to keep moving all at the same time. Sometimes planning and even marketing takes the back seat to operations. Why? Because. We need to keep things running smoothly and operating properly can be more than a full-time job in itself. And, you know, operations directly serve customers after all. They're the forefront, action-taking component in your business, the step right up and shake your moneymaker central hub. But great businesses don't function optimally, optimally, (laughs) that's a tongue twister, isn't it? But great businesses don't function optimally, there you go, on a single component or function. Being the best at what you do isn't enough in today's business environment. The marketplace where your business once functioned locally may now be part of a global landscape, for example. Resculpting your company's competitive environment and market outlook entirely. Technology impacting your industry may go well beyond the digital, wor- the digital world that we've already been exploring on the Mix, Sizzle, and Shake show so far and talking about web presence, digital footprint, digital channels and media, etc. Um, okay, here's an example of technology and how it impacts an industry. Uh, for example, now and then, Harley-Davidson, okay? Their sound has been trademarked. Did you know that the Harley motorcycle engine sound is trademarked? Maybe you don't. But back in um, late 90s, early 2000s, I was studying a case study about Harley, about the Harley company uh, in graduate school, and what we found out was that they had to, to... trademark the sound of their motor because to replicate that sound in foreign-made bikes, a Japanese bike maker had developed a computer chip to put on the bike to replicate the sound of a Harley. Now, if you ride motorcycles or if you're just out on the road and see them, you'll notice that the Harley-Davidson has a unique sound. None of the Japanese bikes make that brand-built bikes or foreign-built bikes could replicate that sound. So the Japanese came up with technology to replicate it with a, a computer chip. Harley had to protect that sound by trademarking it. But now, what's happening? The technology has changed the landscape again because now the new thing is no sound, electric bikes. The wave of the future in motorcycles is a no sound electronic bike or electric wave. Um, Anyway, the point I'm making is that they won't need to have a sound trademark for bikes when they become silent at all. And that's a way outside of the digital world that technology impacts your business. 
U.S. Steel is another example, and I know a lot about U.S. Steel because I'm from Pittsburgh and I've studied it and, again, have done case studies on, on their operations along with reading a lot of things about them. And they, the thing that they did as far as technology that hurt their business is they decided not to update and stay competitive in their plant and process improvements. They didn't do the technology that some foreign companies did that produced steel cheaper, making them the originating business of the steel industry now defunct in being able to produce at a marketable rate. In other words, other countries were undercutting the ability to produce steel and cheaper. Uh, another reason that that was happening is because that U.S. Steel like many big companies, um, and in our, in our region now, it's with PPG Industries, they forgot to flatten the enterprise. They've, they're so siloed and so thick with management that it has hurt their operations. The digital transformation and technology of today has demanded that companies become a flattened marketplace and not a siloed marketplace. So these are other ways that we haven't talked about much on the podcast, but that technology does impact how businesses operate. And the biggest adjustment for tackling your 2018 business, I think, may be understanding the new consumer, the new customer, the connected customer who shops online first, statistically speaking. And that's whether local or not. So local, in fact, shopping in stores, that is, are becoming more and more technology integrated. Even as far as talking of AI that responds to real-time emotions. Have you heard of this one yet? So you're, an example is you're running and you're hot and you're sweaty and you're thirsty and your device tells you, Hmm, you're right near here. How about a cold drink? Because I can tell you're hot and sweaty and thirsty. Or you're sad today. How about I suggest something that's a, a, an emotion changer, enhancer. Let's go here and do this. I can tell you're sad today. This is how your AI or augmented um, reality and... Um, and um, intelligent um, data mining and all that is going to affect how the technology interacts with you as a person. So it's going to read what your feelings are because you texted a friend and say, I'm hot and sweaty and miserable. Oh, it's going to say, stop here for a drink. It's only two blocks away. Or turn right at the corner and get a hot coffee. Coffee when you're hot will cool you down, maybe. Anyway, the point I'm making is, or it might say, you need to stop and see the first aid. You, you're above your safe level of temperature. It's going to read people. It's going to be a part of your life in that way. So why am I once again taking you off track <laughs> when we weren't last chatting about biz when we were last chatting I'm sorry about business website and key website pages and stuff. Well, yes we were. But again, I know this is especially funny coming from me, a late 
computer bloomer and likely more technology stunted than most. But the point I'm trying to make is this, especially when it comes to creating your website's service page or pages, don't be afraid to go there. Don't be afraid to put it out there. Show some offers. Automate a buy. Give prices or offer packages and go for creating conversions, whether they be for subscribers, sales leads, or straight up sales. I think my services page has never been up to snuff, but now as I'm working on it and reworking it, I'm realizing things that you may want to consider too. Like, it's a good idea to try things out. You can have more than a single services page or multiple offers. Now, Jillian Andrews, Stories with Jill, who I really like reading um, and who I was introduced through my friend Henneka, but she talks a lot about having just a services page and not a drop-down with a thousand services. She's saying that you should use your services page, even if it takes people to 10 places, as a singular click and move them from there. Don't add to the confusion. Keep it simple. And we've talked about that a little bit already, too. Also, landing pages and servicing service page, services pages have things in common. And that's probably not something that most of us think about at all. Do you think of your services page as a landing page? Not really. But they do have things in common. Also, don't be afraid to test and change this page. Don't freeze or stagnate like I was, okay? And don't be afraid to give prices or price ranges for services because people are shopping online and they want to know the information. Also, if you're a product that's priced at a certain range above a market, then you will get rid of a lot of people who are not your customers by showing your price range. The people who are like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's worth it. Yeah, I understand that price. That's your market, and those people will be drawn, not, def not deflected. So these are some of the things that we also want to keep in mind. Also, answer questions before they're asked for a better user experience. And why not answer those questions about services, especially on that page, before they're asked? Make this a better user experience in telling your services and how they fit your user. Um, also, try to combine specific and informational with concise for your page copy. So, you want to be specific, you want to be informational, but if you can keep it concise, people like that better. Don't forget to um, appeal to emotions, though, and show empathy with your desired audience. They need to know that you understand them, that you get them. And don't forget to strategize CTA or CTA avenues. And if you've been listening, you know a CTA is your call to action. And every page, yes, even your services page, needs to have them. Okay, let's go to another source to get an anatomy and of, of an effective product page. So here's what Gumrod has to say on their blog. They give eight points geared to converting visitors into customers by removing uncertainty and building trust in your product. Don't you think that's great, what I just said there? 
<coughs> they're going to give you eight points, but the point of your services page is what I'm saying here, converting visitors into customers by removing uncertainty and building trust in your product. Remember that because that's what you want to do for your entire objective with your services page. But first, do they uh, but first, they do mention you need to start with having a killer product. Okay, so before I give you their anatomy and of an effective product page, um, which could be a services page, product services, whatever it is you sell, you can call it, they're interchangeable. But the point they make here, and I think that I am really a bad girl that I didn't make it already, is that it doesn't matter how good you market if you have a crappy product or a crappy service. That's the bottom line, folks. So make sure that you have a killer product for starts. And then here's a checklist from Gumrod's Anatomy of a, an Effective Project page. They say, first, you have to have a product cover. Products with covers convert twice as well as products without. So make a cover page, an image, a video, a sound bite, but have a product cover, something eye-catching they suggest. Um, and again, it can be it, the product cover, the, the image that represents your product or service, doesn't matter again, needs to be something that will help people tell right away what's included. You want it to be a memorable, uh, eye-catching, beautiful image, uh, but also that explains or connects with your project and your audience. Secondly, you need a title. The title should also be compelling, like that cover photo, but also, they say, clear and specific, which we've talked about many times. Um, third, they mention social proof. Again, we've talked about this and everybody talks about this. It's Letting people know what other people think of you and say about you rather than you telling people yourself. And that makes it all the more believable to others when it's not you talking about your product or service, but somebody else saying that it's the most awesome. Fourth is your headline or your tagline, and don't forget that. For tools and educational content, they say, your headline should focus on your customer's pain. But at the end of the day, it's all about customers and not your product. So when you're writing those headlines and taglines, you need to think of that, of the people that you're trying to speak to and not about what you're trying to speak of, you, them, not you. Okay, and we've talked about that before too. Five is description, and that is explaining completely understandably explaining what you're offering or what your product is. This can help you overcome those objectives. So this is something where you get to illustrate that you have the answer to your customer's dream with your product or service. So do it in this way. By making your descriptive description of that product or service powerful. Uh, give some content specs. So don't under estimate the importance of explaining precisely what your buyers receive when they purchase your product. So again, this is really close to the description when you talk about the specs. It's, it's giving them the expectation of what to expect 
in their purchase so that they are not disappointed um, and hopefully they're thrilled by what they get and you deliver on what you promise. Finally, they say a profile picture so that your audience knows you are a real person. People connect better with real people. So show a little personality, show a little of you if you can. This one's been a hard one for me because, you know, as you get older, you're not as, you know, willing to be out there showing it off as much as you maybe once were. But it's not about beauty. It's about personality, intelligence, and all those great things that you have to offer, even if, like me, some grays are starting to sprout. Okay? Okay. And then number eight, you do want to talk a little bit about you because why are you the person to buy this product or service from? You have to give them something that builds that personal connection and reinforces your credibility. So these are some of the things that Gumrod suggests, and I think they really cover eight great points that you should put into your landing page, services page, product page, whichever way you want to go with that. Okay, let's look at another source um, to circling back to why my this podcast and my last couple of broadcasts are taking a wider stroke before you get too far along and too deep in details. Let's get one more thought out there and in the mix because Ollie Gardner of Unbounce, who are leading landing page experts, right, reminds that getting clear on how you communicate as well as paying attention to conversion-centered design is in fact important. So again, it's not just having those components that we talked about that Gumroad gave you that are important components for that services products landing page, but it's also about paying attention, according to Ollie Gardner, and hey, we know he's good, um, to conversion-centered design. It's in fact so important if you want to, particularly if you want to increase conversions. And he talks about things like clarity in your unique value proposition or your unique service proposition or um, in what you want to talk about as your value added feature. Um, He even says that you, you can have a unique campaign proposition. But Your unique campaign proposition, he said, is related just to the purpose or offer of the campaign. So in addition to having a unique value proposition, you can hone in and have a unique campaign proposition. And that page that you're trying to get a conversion for should be in itself a single strong campaign for you to get that conversion, whether it be someone to sign to your list, to you know, show an interest or test a product, whatever it is. The information hierarchy, he says, is important. And copywriting words for understanding and for using words and copywriting to prioritize the information you present. He says all this is really important. And we've been talking about information hierarchy in a way when we've been talking about cornerstone content and how you decide upon the categories and the topics that you will hone in on 
with what you want to do on your website. So that actually is part of this too. That's information hierarchy also. But he's concerned with the order in which that you put the copy on your page, just on a page, how it's presented just on this page. We talked about it in the bigger landscape of your website and your business. But now we're talking about information hierarchy on the page. And he's saying that that makes a difference in how well you will convert using that page. Um, another thing that he talks about is, and, and by the way, that information hierarchy and how you do it has to do about understanding, giving your readers or your uh, visitors an understanding when you present your information. Um, then he talks about design, how it has to be clear design versus clever design. And okay, I admit it, I like being clever on occasion. <laughs> I guess it has to do with my quirky past of creativity and working in a creative field. Um, maybe it has to do with my, I don't know, humor, whatever. But I do have to remind myself and let's remind each other right now that you need to design clearly versus cleverly to leverage ease of use, etc for that frictionless experience I've been talking about, right? So that makes sense. And then he says, our good friend Ollie at Unbounce says, make sure that you align the entire page components, the copy, the visuals, to a singular campaign or page goal, maintaining congruency throughout the page. Um, this is an example too where People say, you know, get your free XYZ here, and then you go to that, you click to that, and then they are talking about ABC, and you were looking for XYZ, geez, where'd it go? There's no connect. Um, so just like you need to co connect your link or your offer to a page that connects with that link and offer directly so people understand they're exactly where they want to be, you need to also do that on the page itself. You need to align the entire page components to a singular page goal, maintaining congruency in your thoughts and information throughout the page. And, by the way, Ollie was named a 2018 marketer to watch. So, do that if you don't have an eye on him already. Well, Hope you found some good ideas and information today on the Mix, Sizzle, and Shake Your Business show and today's episode. And as always, thanks for listening. I hope you'll be listening more because I will be producing more. My voice has come back and I have a special, big, huge announcement to make real soon that's going to be so awesome for you as the listener and for the show. So hang in there for the next big details soon to come. Thanks again for listening. Bye now.